woke up this morning and I saw a Christmas video of someone giving back, which is important to do, so I wanted to do the same. What do you need for dinner? We have protein bars usually. Like yeah, that is so sweet. All right. Well, you know what? Oh, God bless you. You guys spend this no. yeah, that was Oh my super God, sweet. I'm going to cry. You came back and offered me food. <laughs> have $100 to spend on yourself. You're in the stairs office in your house and you buy the wrong ink. All those little stupid things are what get you to where you want to be. I love family. I mean, sometimes it annoys me, but I love making mistakes and I love family because it makes me hard. So. Welcome to episode one of the Make More Money podcast. This is Merry Christmas to you guys. This is my tie from an event that I had the other day. Literally, I wore this tie with the vest. Um, we are here to bring you episode one, which I thought was going to be two because Caleb Maddox wasn't able to come for episode one. Um, so we're going to do episode one, Brian Breach. This guy went from homeless, well, from pretending to be homeless, to going viral, to getting verified on Instagram to then having a billboard. He's a serial entrepreneur. As you heard in the intro, he's failed forward many times. And this is the Make More Money podcast. It's to buy your freedom and listen to other people who've done it, who maybe quit the nine to five, started an entrepreneur journey, maybe followed my boy Grant. You know, um, I'm actually gonna read you five, six ways to make money right now. I'm gonna give you one action way you can take. So before I get into every episode, I'm always gonna read a sponsor and I'm gonna read uh, a few ways that you can make money before we get into long interview that we had today uh, on Christmas Eve, this premieres here too, with the Brian Breach. But the six ways to make money are write a book. I wrote a book, The Best Guide to Instagram. It now makes money as people buy it, it's out there. And it was the best guide, and it still stands the till time now. We're getting uh, famous here um, from the text, too. Peer-to-peer -to -peer lending. Um, I lent my ex-girlfriend uh, money at a 40% return. She pays me back monthly. Um, that's I don't advise doing that. Affiliate marketing. Uh, that's something that when you refer something and you put a link in, people click on it, you get paid by affiliating, bringing traffic to you. Uh, start a YouTube channel. I have multiple people want to invest in my new software just because of watching my journey on a YouTube channel. I don't even think I have a thousand subscribers yet, but maybe by listening to Brian Breach, my goal is now to go viral, have one of my videos go viral and stop just kind of putting out what's good, but go what, what's going to be catchy. So we'll see how that works. But because I've started a YouTube channel, it's led to more money opportunities. Um, Real estate investing, as some of you know, I own a four unit that's not cash flowing. Even though I wear this cash flow hat, my software, my real estate, nothing's cash flowing. It's the Make More Money podcast, and we're still putting it out there. And then stock investing. I'll tell you one thing that I did really well. I've invested in stocks. Not a lot. I'm mostly real estate. I'm not a stock guy. But I invested into Tesla stock. I moved all my money over. And I did it the first way. I didn't know nothing about stocks, but I used something called Stash. Now, if you guys don't know what Stash is, it's an app on your phone. You literally can invest $5. You don't have to invest all your money into the market right now, but it makes sense to buy. And over a year, if you start right now, so you take some action right now and download the link. I'll leave it in the show notes right away. Uh, Stash, use the link. You get $5. I get $5. And we can keep investing and maybe buy some Tesla stock or whatever you believe in. And they'll just get that money mindset going. So that's, that's the money action tip is uh, download Stash. We're going to have a new one every week or every month or however long these episodes come out. Uh, sit back, relax, and just listen. And I, I, I big shout out to my boy, Zaduk. Uh, so lit beats who did the beat for the make more money podcast. Apple Crider will be producing and mixing all the uh, audio. So it will sound better over time. I don't claim to be the best uh, interviewer uh, going forward. I will get better over time, but this is the first, um, first of many. And we're going to have Bradley on uh, January 7th. We're going to recording of Grant Cardone, Grant Cardone in March. We're going to have a lot of different people on this podcast. And I, I, I look forward to the journey of seeing me get better and you guys believing. And please um, suffer through the audio uh, as we figure this out um, going forward. Thank you for, to uh, Zaduk of Solid Beats for this beat and for mixing the audio for his first podcast ever. This is it. JeffJCunningham.com. Inspire the always. Sit back, relax, and listen to the Make More Money podcast. Buy your freedom. All right, welcome back to the Make More Money Podcast. It's Jeff J here to make your day. We are here with one of the people. This is episode two, actually, in the, the whole, I've recorded a bunch, but this is going to be episode two for many reasons why we are here with the verified Brian Breach. 
and we are going to talk to him today um, uh, really about um, just a lot of what he's doing and how he can inspire you of being a life entrepreneur and not having a boss. Uh, welcome to the show, Brian. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I am uh, preparing for this possible hurricane to hit us, and uh, I'm just, uh, but I'm here with you today, so um, it's good. Yeah, hey, what, what part of Florida are you in? Uh, I'm actually, I, I tell people Fort Lauderdale, but I'm actually 10 minutes west of Fort Lauderdale. The hurricane's supposed to, it's literally moving at zero to one miles an hour right this moment, and we don't know if it's coming or going. So we just have to wait and see when it ships up. If it ships up 20 minutes too late, we're all going to get hit. So who, who the hell knows? So, so I'm just waiting. I just so I pray funny. for the Bahamas because they got it. The way the Bahamas got hit? Oh, they got nailed. I feel horrible for them. I've been seeing a lot of videos come back from there. They got, so I think it's the worst storm to ever hit the Bahamas. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And it's not moving. Normally a storm will move at, at maybe 8 to 11 miles an hour and, and get out of there. It's just hovering, sitting above it, causing wow, damage. I feel horrible for them. See, I don't even listen to the news or watch the weather. I hear from people. You're the one I heard about this hurricane. I'm like, man, I should know about this. But I'm not oh, in yeah, Florida yeah, yeah. yet. I'm in Connecticut right now. So really quick for everybody listening, can you give us a 60-second or 60-90-second recap? I know it's going to be tough because I've heard your story on TED Talks. If nobody's checked it out, uh, he tells his whole story in a very um, funny, almost dramatic way, kind of, uh, of your story, which is really – but a 60-second of um, kind of who you are and what you do. Yeah, I don't know who I am or what I do anymore. I'm, <laughs> um, I guess I guess you could say I'm a, a man of many hats. I, I like you said, I did a recent TEDx. Um, I've been an entrepreneur for ten years, failing my way to success with certain businesses. Um, I transitioned from music into this whole chiral, uh, chiral into this whole viral comedy skit world, and one of the, a couple of things I did went viral. Um, and now, because of all this, uh, all these things that I've done, I've been speaking a lot lately. So I spoke in the Hamptons at NetCon. Um, speaking in LA uh, at NetCon, I'm speaking in Disrupt Week um, in Puerto Rico, and I'm speaking this weekend at Margaritaville in Hollywood, Florida. So uh, I'm all over the place, man. I, I have my hands in so many little pots, and I'm working on a TV show that, okay, that I'm so, trying to uh, develop. Yeah, I, I see that. That's awesome. So the one thing I want to say, and this is the question I would start off with people. One, do you think, is money important? Is, do you think money is important? No, fuck. No, yeah, okay, yeah, absolutely. Money. Okay. okay. And the so, other second question I always ask to start is, do you know who Grant Cardone is? Yes, I do know who Grant Cardone is. Absolutely. So yeah. a lot of people who are on the Make More Money podcast are people who've inspired me and listen and, and read a lot of the same stuff. So with your story on TED Talks, now kind of going back in, you're an entrepreneur, correct? Yeah. So what you know that now I have it on my YouTube channel, but what's the definition of an entrepreneur to you? And you already explained it with everything you're doing, but. Right. The, the evolution of an entrepreneur to me is literally failing, failing your way to success. A, a lot of people don't like to fail, but to be honest with you, every time you make a mistake and every time you fail, even if it's a small mistake, like changing the printer ink in your upstairs office in your house and you buy the wrong ink, all those little stupid things are what get you to where you want to be. I love failing. I mean, sometimes it annoys me, but I love making mistakes and I love failing because it makes me learn. So the evolution of an entrepreneur is, first of all, getting yourself inside the independent mindset because not everybody can transition from a nine to five to working for themselves. I know people personally that work nine to fives. They killed it. They got trophies. They got awards, but they also had a micromanager over their shoulder. And the minute they made that transition into being an entrepreneur, they fell flat on their face because they didn't, they didn't kind of train their mind. Uh, 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 to get, their, get themselves inside the independent mindset. Once you get in it, you can learn how to maneuver in this entrepreneurial world. So I would say failing your way to finally being successful is the best way to learn, and that, that's the evolution. All right, yeah, no, and that, that is very true. I always say fail forward all the time. So what, back when you were younger, and kind of give the listeners just a recap of that TED Talk. So you've gone through some very, and people know me, I went through a, a traumatic uh, experience in my life trying to wake my brother up with CPR and change my life to get to this purpose. But you've been Great. through a few traumatic things, and I always believed through pain you could find your purpose. When you were younger, what was the most painful thing you did where you kind of found this purpose to kind of go out on your own? Right. You know, what's crazy about my childhood is, you know, I come from, I come from a very abusive mom, right? And she was caught selling drugs. She got arrested on interstate trafficking charges. I mean, I still have a, a cut across my face from her. Um, you know, she contracted HIV at that time. She was cheating on my dad. And long story short, I ended up uh, uh, getting taken down to Florida where she met a man, uh, became kind of like a stepdad to me, he lived with us. He was actually murdered in a drug deal. And then my dad got custody and then I started losing more people. And it was just, it was one crazy thing after another. But the weird thing was about the whole situation is that 
I didn't realize anything was off or odd about the way I was living because I was a kid. It wasn't until later on. In life how, how old were like, you? How old were you around uh, then? When my mom died, I was 13. Okay, so, yeah, that, that's, that's how old I was when my mom passed away too. So I, I get that. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. Um, I'm sorry. To hear yeah, that. it's just, uh, you know, you know, there was. It's just a weird thing because you're a kid and it wasn't until I was like 21, 22, 23, 24, where I, I look back on everything and I'm like, you know what? That was kind of fucked up. You know, this is a, this is a little, uh, this is a little weird. So there was no like crazy defining moment. It was every little thing that I've been through has kind of led me to being independent and learning. And I still, there are days, even now, I still fall flat on my face and I'm learning the processes and I'm making mistakes, but yeah, it was all that stuff. And, and, you know, I started working at 11 years old. I was a dishwasher. And uh, when I was a, literally a, a 11 and 13, I worked as a dishwasher. And one of the places when I was 13, they fired me because I wouldn't save the uneaten olives and tomatoes. Right, you said that. It was, it was disgusting. So anyway, so I worked there. And then Where, was, that, was that in America? Uh, that was in America, yeah. That was uh, yeah. in Hollywood, Florida. Um, oh, and an Italian restaurant. And then I had two jobs through high school. I worked in an Italian restaurant and a Chinese restaurant. And then I worked at Bennigan's, another restaurant, Olive Garden, another restaurant, telemarketing. And um, so all this stuff made me feel like I'm so sick and tired of working for someone else. And it wasn't until I got arrested in 2006 that forced me. Well, it's not why I lost my job, but it prevented me from getting other jobs. So in 2008, when I was fired from my job from doing music too much, I couldn't get a job anywhere. So I literally was thrown to the wolves. I didn't have a choice. I didn't have family to lean on. My mom was dead. My dad, I love him to death, but he was in his own world. We don't, we don't exchange money like that. And I was just out on my own. It was terrifying. So I had to man up real quick. And I didn't have a choice but to figure out what the hell I was going to do. And I didn't always make the right decisions. I made plenty of mistakes. I made money a lot of the times the wrong ways. But, you know, you learn. You learn from your mistakes. And you stay, you stay above water as long as you can. But I got myself inside the independent mindset really damn quickly. So, you know. so how old were you when you got arrested and kind of all that happened when you were like, okay, now, now I can't get a job. I got to work. Out. How old were you about that time? So when I get arrested, I got arrested twice within a two week period of time, which really screwed me up because I probably would have got off on everything. Um, but I, I didn't, I was 26 years old. And then when I was 28, I was fired from my last nine to five. I was actually an admissions advisor at an online, uh, at Kaiser university. I was working in the online admissions department. Then when I went downstairs that, you know, they told me, they're like, look, we love you, bro. You're, you're, you know, we love having you here, but you're not doing what you, you're, you used to do. You're not working as hard as you used to work. Cause I was so focused on music and I didn't want to do it no more. I lost my passion for my, the nine to five work. So um, they told me to go downstairs. They're like, listen, they'll hire you in another department. Maybe you could try uh, face to face admissions. So when I went there, uh, the guy sat me down and for some weird reason, he ran my background check. This is a guy who knew me for four years in the same company. Why would you even run my background? Like, wow. you, know, you know, I've worked here for four years, but he did. And he wouldn't hire me. And that was it. Um, so I was thrown to the wolves and eaten alive. But I survived somehow. <laughs> so very similar. And you can kind of relate. So my older brother, Jay, um, he got in gambling, all this stuff. Made a lot of money, a lot of legally spent on drugs that want to be in the um, want to get into him no matter how much I tried to save him. But um, there was a point, part of the reason why we're going to open the Coffee Shop Music Studio is he's like, Jeff, I can't get a job anywhere. I have to create my own thing, right? And I was like, well, right. Jay, you know, I, I listen to all this. I always listen to motivational stuff, but I never took action to it, right? And now that I'm taking right. action and having more success, I really feel like my brother's with me. But so what was the main, what was the first business you did to make money? Right, so the first business I did Le to make legit, money. Legit, legally, was legally. Because this is for my students. <laughs> I used to teach because I know there's a lot of uh, unlegal ways to make money. And I've been tempted on many different ways during this journey uh, to 77 million. Um, but my, my students listen to this now that I used to teach behavioral kids. And I, I want to prove to them that, yeah, you can do it the wrong way. I knew a kid in my class who sold guns and everything on the street, right, to provide money wow. for his mom. Um, who had a special needs wow. sister. Like they did it for the right reasons, but it was just crazy the stuff they were in. So I want to give them better hope that, yeah, even if you got arrested, what can you do to legit make money? So that's kind of where we're oh, at. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. And, and the first thing I'm going to tell you, I actually gave this advice to somebody recently. And, and the advice I gave him, uh, I was coming from a music space and we made money in the music space, but I applied it to a magician. Um, oh, uh, uh, let's say, Prince, I don't know if you're familiar with Prince Ali. He's okay, around. Yeah. He's 
Yep. Yeah, so I gave him this advice at the Hustle Inspires Hustle event. So the first thing I did was this. So we were performing a lot. And me and my, me and my one of my best friends and, and business partner, we formed a group called Real Life Dialect, and we were performing a lot. But um, we, we kind of split up as a group or whatever. So the first thing I did was this. I was sick and tired of waiting for people to put me on all these hip-hop shows that I was performing on. So I said, you know what? I'm not making money this way. I'm sick and tired of waiting for people to put me on. So I, in essence, became the promoter myself. So what I did was, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna take some of the money I saved and I'm gonna book an artist. And the first artist I booked with was this rapper named Cannabis. So I, they wanted like $1,500 to book him to come down to Miami. Yeah. Uh, and I ended, up, I ended up getting him for like 900. So I booked Cannabis. I printed out the tickets myself. I hired the door girl. I found a club that wasn't gonna charge me to rent out the club. And I got a percentage of the door. I paid my guy to make the flyer. And I, I promoted the shit out of the show for a month. And I made $3,000 that night. Literally. Boom. Three grand. Right. So this was my first thing off, out of the gate. Basically, um, basically, be, even before, I, I, what was it? Before I got fired. I think it was right after I got fired. It was my first one right out the gate. And I started throwing shows. I started being the promoter, in essence. I started hitting up the, the A&R guys and the booking agents. And I used to book the artists. And I was doing that for a while. So I realized it wasn't sustainable. But at least I realized that there is way to make legal money when you're an entrepreneur right off the bat to stay afloat. There's tons of ways, you know? So that was my first right off the bat. I became a promoter, but here's the thing. I didn't just become a promoter. I put myself on the show, so I, it benefited me. It wasn't like, I'm gonna be a promoter and make money. No, I did it so I can open for these major artists, so I can make money myself. I put my face this big on the damn flyer, bigger than the headliner. Yeah, and I was, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I was killing it for a while. So that was the first one right off the gate. Right out the gate. I, I listen to your some of your stuff. I do research on all my guests for story. You're good, man. You were really good. Um, and and Thank you. here's the thing. So that was the first entrepreneurial thing you did. You realized I need attention, right? And Grant, how did you first hear of Grant Cardone, by the way? Just like you. How did you first hear of Grant Cardone? How did I first hear about Grant Cardone? I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I might have heard him floating around, but then um, I, I wanted to get in the real estate and I still do and I'm still working on that. But I sat down with my boy Carlos and he goes, yo, I want to, maybe we should buy like a multi-unit property with eight units. And then he pulls up Grant Cardone and that, that's how I heard it. And then he showed me this whole thing on how Grant Cardone does his real estate stuff. And, and I've been kind of watching this stuff, not heavily, but I've been watching it on and off. Uh, uh, pretty much. I sent him a message the other day because I reposted something. He wrote back something small, but yeah, he's, um, I've been watching his stuff for a while. Yeah. So part of the reason why I'm making income now and taking a greater financial risk, like an entrepreneur like yourself is because of Grant Cardone. And uh, I have a passive income from real estate right now, uh, which is just great to say to even be in this thing to set up my dream. But the one thing, um, so that was your first entrepreneurial thing you did. You realized you need attention, right? Went out, got attention. You booked cannabis, who's big time, put your face on the flyer, did that. So now, what do you now? Fast forward to now. Now, now, what are you doing mostly? I know you're. You have a new show coming up. I know. I saw this little uh, clip of you pass around your verified check on. Uh, on that, is that one of those? Videos? What videos went viral for you? What, what What was that whole deal? Right. So it, it was a crazy. It was a crazy transition for me. So around 2016, I released a, a hip hop album called Matter of Fact, and I had some decent features on there. I had, uh, if you're familiar with Big Pun's son, Chris Rivers. Yeah. I had him on there. I had this guy, Mickey Fax, who was on the cover of XXL. So I released that project. And I, I already, I've been in music for over a decade. I'm tired of it. You know, it's not making me the kind of money I want to make. So I already had built a following. I was already verified on Instagram from it. And I already, you know, was always humorous. And I always shot, you know, shot these little funny skits my whole life, but I never really posted them. So I was like, let me not lose my following. Let me stay in the limelight and, and continue to make, you know, oh, or change up the thing and do these funny viral videos. And I wrote on this vision board, that I got a year to make it work. I got a year for something to go viral. I literally wrote it down. One, you have one year to go viral. And um, not that that's the most important thing, but when you're shooting these kind of videos, that's, that's what you want to happen. So it was crazy. Right around the time that I transitioned out of music, I got the TED Talk. So the TED Talk happened. And then three months later, um, one of my videos went viral. And that was like the perfect storm to create bigger opportunities for me. So the first thing that really went viral well, no, we shot we shot some like stupid skit called the Cardi B Manny call that did okay. But the real one that went viral was on Christmas. I don't know if you remember this. It was on every news station in the country and outside the country. I stood in front of a Target 
dressed as a homeless person and the sign that I was holding said, uh, please help me, help, help me and my family for the holidays, need to feed my children or something like that. And uh, people would come up to me, they hand me a dollar, 50 cents, they offer me food. And anyone that offered me anything, gave me a dollar or anything, I gave them a hundred dollar bill in return and I ended up passing out $500. So someone would be like, oh, here you go, you know, help your family during the holidays. I'm like, thank you so much, sir. And then they walk away and I'm like, excuse me, you know, I just want to let you know just because you're such an amazing person and you're giving, I want to give you a hundred dollars in return. They look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Like, why is a homeless person giving me a hundred dollars? And um, so Channel 7 picked it up and then I got messages from Fox News, CNN, MS MSNBC, NBC, Yahoo went on the front page. Um, and uh, it went on uh, news stations in Greece, Hawaii, Russia. It was bizarre. And that, that got me opportunity after opportunity. And then I did uh, the Miami Heat prank where I, where I dropped the ring at the Heat game pretending to propose to my girl um, in front of 20,000 people. That went viral. Um, so it was, I just been, you know, things have been moving, you know, but that was the first one, the homeless prank, uh, social experiment, excuse me. Well, that's all, no, I haven't seen that one. Where could I find that if I want to see that? Is that out anywhere? Yeah, it's, uh, it's on my Instagram, uh, probably like, I don't know, 12 posts back. Yeah. That. And you can go on YouTube. It's on YouTube, Facebook, it's all over. Or, or you could just, you could literally Google Brian Breach uh, homeless outside of Target, and, and there's like a million articles. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so it's funny because I, I was actually planning out an event soon to uh, do where the homeless guy begs. I was going to get YouTube subscribers, getting me a thousand. Uh, that's coming up oh, soon. Wow. But anyway. Nice. Um, so it's just funny that you do a lot of the similar things like that. So, all right. So wh what were you doing at the time? Were you making so much money? Was that from being an artist? Were you able to give out a hundred dollars? I know all my, my kid fans love Mr. Beast and we're going to have him on here one day. He gives out crazy money on YouTube. So what, nice. what was the point where you could actually give back to that moment? What, where did that all come from? Right. What was your main hustle at that moment? Right. Well, you know, I, I've always given back and you know, I don't want to claim to be, you know, I'm an entrepreneur in the sense that, I've stayed afloat for 10 years. I don't want to claim that I'm some rich entrepreneur. I'm doing okay, you know. Um, but we, me and uh, after all our failed businesses, we had an um, independent label that turned into a hip-hop blog that at, at the end of its tenure, it got like, we were at like 2 million views. That turned into a, a GTPS printing business. That turned into my clothing line, Psyche Clothing. And then we ended up starting a social media business where we got paid to share major artist songs on SoundCloud. I was growing Instagrams. We were doing content management. So that, that money, after all those businesses and failed businesses to finally find something that worked was our social media business. I don't promote it. It's very quiet. I keep it underground. It's just, it's just a way that you know, I make money because it's not what I want to do. What I want to do is be in front of the camera. I love doing the stuff. I like hosting things. I want to keep speaking more. I want to motivate people. I want to help people. I want to give back. So um, that, that was kind of the business, though. It was a social media business that, was, that allowed me to sustain most of the stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, you're very good. You're very talented from your rapping. You're good in front of the camera. So what's this thing now? Um, with, I think it's a verified show that's coming up soon. Is there something like that going on that you're doing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, so it was about three months ago now. I um, when, my thing, when, when the thing I did went viral, I had a lot of managers and PR people hit me up to, to manage me. And there was a couple of shady people in the mix. So I was like, you know what? Let me, let me, go, let me go over the top. I just did the heat prank. Let me, let me try to find a manager. So I put up a billboard over I-95 and Griffin Road in uh, Dania. And it, it, it basically said, I'm looking for a non-shady manager, but I'm becoming a bear. And my head was on a naked guy's body, the Don Bailey guy. And that shit got me one month of buzz. It was crazy. I got hit up by so many people. Uh, I got hit up by managers. That got me the documentary, uh, the, what you were just talking about. It got me on the TV show, Diane Davis, because they saw it from the road. But the documentary is a movie called The Unfollow Movie by this guy named Mark. And he's basically doing a story about how social media affects our lives in, in 2019 and in general. And if uh, you know other countries should suppress it, if it's good for us, if it's bad for us. So my part, you know, he asked all those questions and it was, it was super cool. So that should be coming out in January. That's awesome. So um, first, how much did that billboard cost to put up there? What was that investment? I know you can do it as a tax write-off, but where, where was this? This was in Florida billboard? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I, um, I, I got asked that question so much. It's always the one that I never answer, but it's not a big deal. So basically what, uh, what I do, I negotiated. They were giving me rates up to 10 grand. So when I told them, I was like, look, man, I can go up to like four and he goes you're not you're not gonna you're gonna get like a week with four bro i was like listen i don't know what to tell you it's all i can do 
And um, he goes, let me see what I could do about a month. And, you know, he's a sales guy and I'm a sales guy. I used to do sales training and uh, we negotiated with each other. And I got it about a little above the four range. And uh, that got me a month and a week with the stipulation that if somebody came in on the second week with a full price, with a full 10 grand, that they would have to take it down. And on the second week, he writes me, he goes, bro, you're in the clear. Nobody came in for the full price. So I got that damn billboard up for a month and a week. For about four which is ridiculously good and and if you're gonna ask me next if billboards work because i get that question all the time they freaking work i got followers at their followers at their messages when that billboard was up for less than 10 minutes 10 minutes i got about six messages no joke we were editing the drone footage of that billboard and i got seven at least 10 messages before it even before i even started editing the video no, dude, I know they yeah. were. And my whole thing is just not wasting the money before that. I was actually sitting in, um, I don't know, coming back from Carousel on one of my YouTube ventures. And there was a, yeah. a billboard. And I called to see how much it was to get my YouTube channel on that, right? And I'm going to do it eventually. I'll get it on everything. And you can never pay as much advertising. One thing you do, you don't watch the news, you made the news, right? Billboard. Channel 7 News, CNN, that's a tip of success for anybody listening to the Make More Money podcast. I preach it all the time. So, dude, this is awesome. So now, um, you're on unfollow. Now, let me ask you a follow-up question here. What is your consensus? Now, I have my own belief on social media. Do you think it should be suppressed? What, what's your take on it? I know it's, you, you don't have to give away all the answers because it's going to be an unfollow documentary. But what's your take on social media in 2019 and the future? <clears throat> so... So one of the questions he asked was about other countries, because there are other countries that suppress social media. And right. I was kind of like 80, 20 on the subject. So I don't believe that anyone's artistic expression should be, should be, um, should be suppressed because you know social media to all of us is an outlet. I believe there's so much positive. I believe that almost all my opportunities, every networking opportunity that I got this year is off, straight off Instagram, not meeting in person, meeting in person later, yep. everything has came off Instagram. So I don't believe that people should suppress it. Do I believe that, you know, sometimes it dumbs down society? Yeah. Do I believe that it takes away from uh, uh, family sitting at a dinner table? I do, but you just got to teach your kids the right thing. You got to teach your kids the pros and cons of social media. And I feel like if you teach them the right way and, and you don't let them get sucked into it, I feel like it's way more beneficial than it is negative. But as far as other countries suppressing people, I don't believe in that. I believe everybody should have their freedom and their, their artistic expression. You know, I know it sounds silly, but I, I need to be creative all the time. And I use my stories to be creative. I know back in the day, I would sit here and I would draw art or I would try to create something or do something. Now I'm like, I do these whole gif stories on my, uh, uh, these whole gif things I create whole pictures and you know what it feels like a little satisfaction of my creativity every day so I don't feel so crazy because my mind goes at a million a million miles an hour and if I don't feel it if I don't read and if I'm not moving forward I start going nuts so Instagram is kind of like an outlet Facebook YouTube Twitter like so I don't I don't believe in suppressing social media especially when it's got me the success that I've got. You know? No, no, I'm totally 100% with you. And I don't know, it was about 10 years ago, it was the selfie generation, everybody's in that. I don't know if it's just because I switched to entrepreneur, but it feels like so many people are trying to give back, whether they're faking till they make it or they're there, they're just trying to do something. And just as you talk, there's a billboard, Instagram is like the biggest billboard everybody has in their hand, right? Oh um, God, bro. Yeah, I'm a big fan of social media. It's gotten me to connect with Grant Cardone on the Instagram Live, which totally changed my life there. Um, but the one thing I want to talk to you uh, as well is about is what's um, what's the biggest thing you had to overcome in life? This is the thing. Anybody who's gotten to the success you have, and it's awesome. I, so you're going to be at the um, Netcom speaking in uh, L.A., correct? L.A., I can't wait. You're going to be there, right? Uh, possibly. We're going to see if uh, – Come out, bro. Of Joe Tanati. It's going to be a yacht party. We're going to have a yacht party. We're going to – it's one of the best events. So anybody not going right now, I think you can go to netcomevent.com or you can just follow Brian Breach and get tickets to the event. It's gonna. I was just at the one in New York. I took the boss's truck up there. I uh, got to pay the. I missed that one, bro. They asked me to speak. Uh, yeah, it was really good. It was really close. This was gonna be a lot bigger. Uh, obviously, we're gonna have. Um, so, what's the biggest thing you had to overcome in life to get you to the point where now you're speaking on these? You're going to disrupt. Uh, you're speaking at Netcom. You're already at the Hamptons. So, what's the, the biggest thing you had to overcome to get to that point? Oh man, you know, I, I've been through so much that, that, that some, you know, I haven't even told people a lot of the real story behind the scenes. I kind of, I kind of skate on the surface a little bit because the real story would make people's head turn. But I would say, you know, I know losing a parent at a young age was tricky because, you know, I still have remnants of, of thoughts about it and it still resonates with me. And, and, you know, 
um, my dad going through what he went through and now having a lot of parental guidance at that time. But you know what it is? It, it was it was really the last the last 13 years or whatever have been have been hard and easy in a sense. Like all my failures from from the from the label to the to the printing business to the clothing line. I mean, it was mentally exhausting. And to know you don't have anyone out in the world to really get money from if shit goes wrong. I have like this fear of being homeless, you know? I've hustled so much and I've saved so much money over the course of the last like five years that I couldn't even believe that I did it. Once I, once I had like that cushion of money, I felt so much better, but the struggles were with money. The struggles were with people dying around me. I lost three friends the last few years. One got killed by police, one overdosed. Uh, um, another was stabbed by his girlfriend, uh, one of our label mates. So these things take a toll on me, whether I think about them often or not, you know? So it's just, um, I would say the money aspect and people dying. I lost so many family members and I feel like with every person that dies in my life, I, there are days that I feel like death surrounds me. And, and even though that's not how it is, but I feel like it's following me because everybody I see in my family is almost dead. It's crazy to me, you know what I mean? So yeah. I, I guess those things hit me, but I try to stay strong and not to think about it. And it's not until I start thinking about it that I realized that it had some kind of effect on me. But, you know, you have to take the negative you've been through and, and turn it, spin it into positive or else, you know, or else you're going you're gonna to go through depression. You're going to get sad. So I don't, I don't deal with depression. I don't deal with none of that. I literally have this lust for life that anything bad happens, I turn it, I try to turn it into a positive to, to move forward. And that's all you can really do. No, I know. I think it was um, somebody said, you know, when you go through life, I wish everybody told me people are going to die because like around you, you know, because everybody doesn't really tell you that. Um, and once yeah. you know that, you can actually savor the moment uh, for who you're with, right? And surround yourself with right. that. Right. So um, obviously with, um, with everything you've been through too, um, well, one of the things too, did you ever have, like I said, friend, I overdosed my brother, you know, the whole thing, drugs thing. Was drugs, I know being the rapper scene, drugs, all that's the part there. I'm a big believer of um, drugs to just slow you down. Your mind, I can tell you're a, a talented entrepreneur. The way your mind goes and the way we both talk fast, we're gifted in that sense, right? People try and talk. Say, I love, we talk and, fast. I love it. And, but dude, but honestly, you can get more done. You can accomplish more, and that's where uh, Elon Musk got, uh, you know, bullied in school because of how he is, and he's out there now doing what he does, you know. Um, so, but what's um, what's uh, what was I gonna say? I was gonna ask you. Um, so, what's the biggest thing a kid, behavioral kid, went through a lot of stuff you went through? Let's say, right? Hooked on drugs, the whole thing. What would you be telling a, a young kid right now if you're going back to speak in, who's listening to this, who wants to be verified in Instagram and speaking at events? What would you tell a kid who's kind of been through a lot of things that you've been? You know, it, it, that, that's a great question. And, and I always relate this back to my nephew. because I, I, So I have two nephews and a niece. And one of my nephews, I love him to death. But, and he's, he's finally coming into his own. But when he was a little bit younger, he didn't understand that there was more out there to life. He didn't understand. It's like video games and, and doing nothing, right? So I, I see these kids getting bullied, right? And, and I see these kids thinking that high school is it. High school is life, that's it. Bro, I just wanna go up to a kid and scream in their ear and just be like, bro, you don't even understand that life doesn't even fucking start until you're 33. Forget high school. It means nothing. Like in the grand scheme of your life, being bullied in high school, being made fun of, that shit means nothing. When you, I, I tell everybody, when you're, when I turned 33 is when my life literally started. All this stuff started happening to me. So in your 20s, it's an amazing feeling. You're learning and this and that. When you hit your 30s, your, your life is just starting. So I tell young people, forget 16, 17, 18. Just understand that you have so much to look forward to that you have so much to accomplish and that you could start changing the trajectory of your life at any moment in time. I've changed the trajectory of my, trajectory of my life at least 10 times and I just changed it again. You know what I'm saying? Like you never have to go one way. Bullying, you could get past. Um, um, going through kids and you know, things in high school doesn't matter. Like I just want to tell people in high school all day, every day, bro, you're going to blink. This is going to be over and you're going to be on to bigger and better things. And, you know, as far as the reason I bring up bullying is because I, I hear a lot of kids that are going through that. So they think their life is over. 
And I just want to tell them, if you were to just fast forward eight years, you're going to be the popular one. You're going to be the one that's employing people. You're going to be the one that's making millions of dollars while all those idiots are doing nothing. So just hold on a little bit longer. Stay focused. Start networking at a younger age. Go, uh, uh, um, become, become an entrepreneur at a young age. And bro, in 10 years from now, they're going to be golden. Because some of these guys on Instagram that are 21, 22, I wish to God that I had an Instagram when I was 21, 22. I would have been a multi, multi, multi-millionaire by now if I would have, if I would have had the, some of the opportunities that these younger people have with being able to network the way we can network now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm so enthusiastic about this because I wish, I love the youth and I love seeing young people doing amazing things. And it's so exciting for me knowing that, that like Boba, uh, Boba Tess, he's, I think he's 17 or 18 years old. I see him speak at Netcon. I'm like, holy shit, this kid's like a freaking millionaire already. He's 17. They have different opportunities now, although it's still hard for the younger generation. Things are, you know, inflation and all that. But I feel like they have so much to look forward to these days, you know, and not to worry about all this bullshit in high school and all the stupid stuff, bro. Once you, they got a decade. They got so much time to, to, do, to do great things, you know? Yeah, no, dude, totally. No, I totally see that. Well, that's the biggest thing about NetCon that I like seeing all the young kids. It's the most inspiring event. That's why I come in. Do you know exactly what you're going to be touching on when you're speaking there? People are going by tickets. Uh, what, what, what you're kind of going to be trans and uh, talking about being verified on Instagram or something like that? Yeah, that, that you know, that's a question. I, I get this. I always get the same question. How did you get verified? Because everybody wants to know how to get verified. But what I'm speaking on uh, at NetCon in LA is uh, three different subjects. So the first one is. Well, I'm going to talk about my early, my early days and, and my nine to fives. Uh, I'm going to talk about all my failed, uh, six, all my failed businesses that led me to where I am now. And I'm going to talk about how to go viral. So I'm going to give practical tips and actual tricks and tips to go viral and what, what I did to go viral and how I went viral. Because no matter what space you're in, whether you do comedy, whether you do Forex, whether you do real estate, if you're shooting videos and posting content, everybody wants their videos to go viral. Everyone. You know what I'm saying? Even this podcast that we're doing right now, you want it to go viral because that'll put you up in the podcast game. You know what I mean? You want something that we talk about right now to be a major subject and people gravitate to it and go viral. So everybody wants to go viral. So I'm going to teach practical tips on how to get that done and how to help people. Wow, dude, that, that's awesome. Yeah. So um, with that, I didn't think if everybody wants to know the question, I should probably ask it. I don't really care about being verified. I care about making money. I don't care about my follower account. People yeah, are like, yeah. I want to get to 10K. I'm like, no, I want to sell every single person who not, a service that can prevent that. Yeah. And that's kind of what it, and I got to get a funnel for that too. But uh, yeah, I guess the blue check would be nice to do a, a prank video. I just watched one with you doing it. So how did you get verified for everybody asking that? <clears throat> um, I kidnapped Mark Zuckerberg and I put a gun to his head. There you go. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, so Mark, I'm joking. If you ever see this. Um, so what I did was, um, so here's the thing. So I was doing music and I got to open up for these people. I released an album and then I had a song that was on this TV show that aired across the country for three years. Um, but it aired locally. So that helped. So what I had to do to get verified was rack up Googleable links, legitimate things, legitimate stories, legitimate stuff that that can get me verified. So at that time, when I was doing music, we had a go between not to get me verified, but to submit for me to put to give them the information. Because at that time, if you realize now, uh, Instagram is open for verification. You could anyone can submit right now, which makes it a million times harder. But but two years ago, there was no way to submit. So um, this woman's like, yo, send me everything. Send me the show you've been on, your website, your clothing line, all your Googleable links, your YouTube channel, your, your album that's on Spotify, Tidal, Google Play, Amazon, uh, uh, iTunes. I submitted everything, right? And then, and then also, what a lot of people don't know, and I, I, tell, I talk about this in Netcom, it helps to have multiple pages with your name. If you're the only Gregory Harrison, with 500,000 followers, why the hell would they verify you? Everybody knows who you are. Everyone knows how to find you. There has to be seven Greg Harrison pages out there for them to be like, you know what? Let's, let's now verify him to differentiate him from the other Greg Harrison. So there was a, a woman, in, a girl in South Africa that made a, a Brian Breach fan page. There was three other fake Brian Breach pages or four or something like that. I know that helped for sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not 100%, but I, I have a feeling it helped. Um, and then six months later or something like that, I, I come out the shower my phone's turned up and I see something that looked blue on my Instagram page that I never saw before. 
And I'm just like, yes. Now, the thing at that time was we wanted our whole team, GTBS, our whole independent label, to all get verified. So we, we rolled together as like a solid group, you know? So I just had gotten verified on Facebook. That helped. Twitter keeps fucking denying me. I can't get verified on Twitter for the life of me. And my boy Lex was already verified. Um, so, yeah. I, that's just it, you know, that's what happened. It just popped up one day. And I knew that verify, being verified was important all in the Instagram world. But, you know, I realized later, I remember it was, um, I was at this place and my girlfriend called me and she didn't really care about what verified me. She didn't even know what it was. And I hear her, my girlfriend at the time, and I hear her friends in the background, literally not joking, like, wait a second, your boyfriend just got verified on Instagram? Holy shit, you're dating a celebrity. That's crazy. I'm like, what? I'm like, the reason I did that verified uh, social experiment because it's a joke to me. I'm like making fun of myself. Yeah. I don't walk around like, yeah, man, I'm fucking verified. But since I have it, I have to utilize it as a tool. Same yeah. thing with being a celebrity. You don't just want to be a celebrity to be a celebrity. You want to use that to bend the world to your will in order to use it as a tool to get ahead or, or to make money or whatever. So that blue check mark is just another little tool that helps me a little bit with reaching out to people, getting messages back, connecting, getting putting on speaking events that they can say, he's verified. For me, I'm like, whatever. But for them, they're like, he's verified. And I'm like, hey, cool. Get me on this event, you know? So it's a tool. It just became a tool for me. Right, no, that's cool, dude. I mean, you have a lot of the same um, uh, experiences, uh, the thought process on that. So um, what's, the, what's the biggest? So anybody here, a lot of young kids listening, biggest thing, I know you ran a social media marketing. I have an Instagram growth software, Take Two Social, coming out September 5th. Uh, does the whole mass storing thing. I used to write a little code back day, so I kind of got into that. So that's kind of cool. But um, I just love doing it. I, it's just my mind doesn't stop, so I got to do something to add value to people. Never, bro. But what, um, what's, uh, what's, what's one tip you would give someone who just starts an Instagram page and they, they want to put out content? What would you assign them to do? What would you think the most important way they can reflect and put out on Instagram? Right. So, so there, there were days where I'm like, look, you need to like be very particular with the content you put out. And, and some days I'm like that. But first of all, the consistency in content is the key because people will literally start unfollowing you if you only post once a month. They're like, oh, he's not that active. So what I encourage is to consistently post, make sure you're tagging everything properly, make sure you're hashtagging everything properly. I suggest that you're consistently posting on your stories, showing people the behind the scenes life that you actually are a normal person and you're not some amazing creature. Show, show people that you're human. Um, you want to make sure you're tagging other people on your stories because every time they share it, like for example, one of my boys recently was like, why do you keep sharing shit on your stories with other people? I said, look, for me and you, for example, I posted, I posted, uh, I'm doing a podcast with Jeff today. You shared it. What that does is it allows your followers to tap on that post and go follow my ass because they see an entrepreneur, right? So you got to tag people on your stories, share it properly, tag locations so people can find you, go Instagram live once a week or twice a week or whatever it is. Show them you're, show them you're very active. And you know, that's one of the first things that I would recommend. Starting an Instagram page off right off the bat, um, making sure you know where to send your content to the proper pages. If you shoot a funny viral sketch, make sure you get it to the right Instagram page so they can post it, then tag you. So there's all sorts of ways. You want to get in engagement groups. You want to, you want to get your stuff on the Explore page. So th there's a million tricks and tips um, to doing that. Also, you want to switch your page to a business page. Um, and it doesn't take anything. It doesn't cost any money. The reason you want to do that is because just so it shows you your insights. It shows you where your followers are from. It shows you how many you got from, or, or the majority are from New York or from LA. It shows you the time of days to post. It shows when your, uh, your, your followers are more active. It shows how many men, how many women. You want to take all that knowledge and you want to utilize it to help grow your Instagram. Yeah, no, you're right. So, uh, on Amazon right now, the best Instagram guide ever written by myself was out there. Talks a little bit, a little bit of what Brian, Brian, the, the next thing on Tuesdays uh, at 9 p.m., I think Eastern time, I'm going to be going to Instagram live, talking about ways to make money from Instagram, uh, tips on it. That's just a little promo uh, coming up. Well, this is going to air a little bit later. All right, we're going to get into the rapid uh, fire, six questions to ask. I'm actually going to, I'm going to switch it up than I um, normally do, um, just because you were talking about the youth before. Right. Um, you want me to answer these quick, right? No thought, just go. No, 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 no. These are just five questions. These, no. When I oh, say rapid fire, it means I'm actually going in some order right now. A lot of people are like, "Man, we love how you listen. We're all over the place." But. <laughs> all 
Um, that's, I, was, that's I was on one podcast and they did a rapid fire and I was thinking, he's like, no, you can't think. Just think. I'm like, oh, okay, my bad, my bad. No, these yeah. questions you got to think. We're, there's no, uh, we're, we're going to edit. This, on the podcast, will be live. It'll be edited on the YouTube channel later on. Um, but awesome. the one thing, um, before, before we get in this, well, so you, I mean, I dated a girl, right? She just apologized to me. She had a kid. I heard you say you don't take your girls with kids anymore. Right now, uh, are you? I'll hang. I will. I won't. I won't wife them, but I will definitely hang out, do our thing. Yeah. So all you girls with kids out there, I'm still. I'm still free. So, so I take it you're single. You're not in a relationship right now, right? I am single at the moment. So you're so, saving uh, money. Dating. The way I like to put it. So this oh, here. That is this here, this is a reminder to me. This is my ex, her little one. This is Natalia. I just stopped in her uh, restaurant. She apologized. She said, babe, I missed your energy. I was wrong. I put you down. I don't think she liked that I'm showing up the picture. She's proud I have it. I still keep this as a reminder that this girl cost me a lot of money. This is a high <laughs> so this I love it. The journey I fucking love it. Where I'm not going out here. I don't chase girls. I don't drink alcohol. I just focus on making money and offering value to people. So with that said, um, we're gonna get into these five questions. So what's one of the best books you read, um, or you you're reading right now in in your whole journey to get to where Brian's reach is right now? Okay, so I'm not even gonna lie. I am an embarrassment when it comes to reading books. I, I know I need to read listen, more. Listen to a book or a podcast or something knowledge. Oh, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Play without learning. Your best learning tool. All right, book is just a learning tool, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, okay, so it's it's not that, uh, okay, yeah, so I, don't, I won't sit there a lot of times to read a full book, which I wanna get more into, but I'm always on entrepreneur sites. I'm always reading success stories. I'm always listening to different podcasts. I don't even have a specific podcast that I listen to. I literally jump all over the place. If I see something inspiring online, then I'll go a little more deep into it. I go to Will Smith's page. I know it's silly, but he's always dropping these little gems. I love it, bro. This guy, it's incredible to me. And also what you were talking about before with um, um, documenting your whole life. He's posting content from 10 years ago that's still relevant today. Um, I'm constantly going on tech sites. I'm constantly Googling ways to make money. Oh, I'm always trying to get up to date. I go on hype sometimes and I go in the tech thing and I'm, I'm catching things that are happening with Instagram before they even happen. Yeah. I was knowing the changes in the algorithms eight months before it was about to come because I'm constantly, so I need to wake up. The first thing I do is read, not a book, but the first thing I do when I wake up is I jump on. I know, I know people say, put your phone down in the morning, but I get up. And I try to find an article that motivates me. That's the first thing I do. And I'll go through a couple. I'll go, boom, this hit me. Something to do with making money. And I'm, I'm just constantly looking for new things. There's nothing specific. It's, it's just all around me, you know? Uh, and, and that's what an entrepreneur do, does. I was talking to Joe Tenati. He's my mentor right now that I work for. Doors and Windows, great guy. And he said, you know, Jeff, it's kind of a curse, man. And I asked him, I was like, hey, how long do you think we need to sleep, right? I got him. in. Entrepreneurs like us. Uh, five to six hours. That's what he said, right? And I used to think there was always something wrong with me because I didn't sleep a lot. You know, and I was always me trying. Neither. To I, I can't sleep. Yeah, dude, it's, it's it's part of being an entrepreneur, dude. Where the people can change the world and make the most change. And because of everything you've been through in your life, dude, and even sharing some of the story with me, you can reach people that I can't reach, right? And uh, and it's awesome. And you're put here for a purpose. I, I love that we're connected here on the. Uh, on the I'm podcast, glad we connected, bro. Um, dude, this is awesome. Um, but so the next Hello. question. Um, so how how long was your relationship with with the girlfriend? Uh, the longest relationship you were in, and what's the best relationship tip? So usually I ask married couples when I sit down with them. Hey, you've been married nine years. What's the best relationship tip for any relationship? It doesn't have to be boy and girl or. Oh, I will give you the best relationship tip in the world that I learned. Okay, so my longest relationship was almost four years and you know it's crazy she um the one that was four years she just passed away last year i went oh. to her funeral it was it was fucking gut-wrenching like I, you know we hadn't been together in years and years but we always stayed in touch and that was a rough one because she was young and full of life and to see somebody there anyway that's off the subject but uh that was probably my longest one four years my last one was about a year and 11 months and this is where the tip comes from and it has to you know it has to do with her and other things so what I used to do when I go into relationships, I was big on giving chances. So I would meet a girl. I know in my heart that she doesn't fit my life or she's not the one that's going to propel me into the future and, and kind of build an empire with me. But I'm like, you know, I see the potential. I see that she could do it, you know, blah, blah, blah. Never, ever in your freaking life jump into a relationship unless you have very, very similar views on things. Don't get me wrong. Opposites are cool sometimes. It's cool that they have their own opinions. But... 
my ex, we had different ambitions. We had different views on guy friends. We had different views on partying. We had different views on, uh, we had different views on politics. And uh, um, we had different views of, of just the world on how to build an empire, different views on how to save money. And, and the number one tip that I would give somebody going into a relationship, you have to vet the person very, very well. You know, even if you have to take two to three months to get to know them before ever making it official, I've spent six months getting to know someone before making it official. Go into a relationship. And you know what? Here's, here's my mindset changes last two years. I kept blaming my ex for everything. Uh, you fucked up. You're a fucking asshole. You're the worst person ever. But you know what? How the fuck can I blame my ex when I knew who she was the first month that I met her? I knew that her ambition was low, lower than mine. I knew that she couldn't save money well. I knew that she has a million guy friends. I knew that she was a partier. So when it starts happening, why the fuck would I blame her? I'm the one that brought her in my life knowing she was this way. If I would have chose a girl who immediately said, baby, you know, I don't, you know, I don't keep in touch with my exes. I don't have a ton of guy friends. I'm not a big partier. I want to, I want to build an empire with my man. I love saving money. I want to build our credit together. Boom. Then if she fucks up, then I'll blame her ass. But my ex who I knew wasn't like that fucking up for me to blame her is just ludicrous. Cause I knew, and it was my mistake for going into it. You know, I always wanted to talk to her and be like, you know what? I, I can't blame anything you've done because I know exactly who you were in the first place. I know that's kind of insulting, but um, go into any kind of relationship before you get into it, making sure they're close to what you want. There's no such thing as perfect. You're going to find someone that's a little bit off and you guys are going to adapt and adjust to one another and acclimate to each other. But for the most part, find somebody that at least, at the very least, has the same views on life and goals, and then you can make it work from there. But if you go into something where you guys don't have the same views on anything, life, money, anything, you're gonna clash and you're gonna resent one another. Uh, that's very true, actually. One thing uh, Grant, Grant Cardone says all the time is everyone be on the same page, right? You gotta be on the same page, you can't just go from there. Yeah. Um, so, all right, um, so the other question is, um, best way you think, and this is, this is a big passion for me, and I, I'm, I don't know how to do it. Grant says I won't do it, so I'm gonna do it, because uh, that's what I'm gonna do. But best way you think we can change the education system for the better? I know the best way we can change. Okay, so the I, I guess my first thought on this is I know this sounds silly, but I always see every day I look at the lottery signs, those big lotto signs, and it says put ten million in education. Where? Like where? Okay, I know that's not the end all cure all, but first of all, the money that 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 they take from the lotto, I feel is mismanaged or miss whatever. That money needs to go to the the the, the proper the way. Now, that, that money needs to go to the proper things. Number two, the main thing for me is I think they need to stop with this bullshit, teaching everybody uh, the same bullshit. And, and all you do is you do this, you go to college, you have a nine to five, and, and they're kind of they're putting them in the same mindset. I think at a younger age, and I didn't learn any of this in school, they need to teach credit, they need to teach finances, they need to teach uh, uh, how to build a business, the entrepreneur stuff. I don't remember any of this stuff in high school. No, I took one class as a in a business class where it was about being an entrepreneur. <clears throat> but for the most part, it was the same nonsense regurgitated. I think they need to update history and teach people the real history of the country. And But you know what? The government, in my opinion, doesn't want us to learn credit. They want us to fuck up. What do you think? The credit card companies want us to be perfect? No. Yeah, they don't want to teach all that stuff. Listen, yeah, now you sound like my older brother gets on his conspiracy theories. The thing I believe is we can change people here. There's more self-education right now with people downloading courses, Anthony Robbins, all these guys, and people are more spending. It's like a billion-dollar industry. Yeah. Colleges and teaching them what they need, right? This is, right? right? People listening to podcasts listen to this now. Uh, I'm actually in two years. I have a goal I write down every day to do YouTube University. I'm going to do an animated series teaching all the same stuff you talked about. We're going to sell it to private schools just like they sold brain pop. And then we're going to get celebrities to do it from 13 to 17 and make, make a lot of the stuff that I was teaching. I was teaching money management before I left. And some of the kids were like, this is the best stuff ever been taught, right? And it was all stuff that I bought. It was basically money management, right? And, and, and it basically did millionaire math. And really how the school system came from, Andrew Carnegie and all those guys, they built the system so they'd have workers to work within it. And then now because of the internet and so much opportunity, people can learn and see other stuff. And I was hey, wait a minute. Plus now the best, I, I don't think the housing market is going to crash as bad as everybody's fearing. I think it's going to be the whole college debt thing. Is good. That's the next thing going. But, um, right, right. So we'll, we'll, we'll see about that. All right, cool. That, that, that's definitely good. Um, 
So then uh, best now, because you're an entrepreneur and everything, and we ask this to everyone, what's the best money tip you can tell to anybody to help them make more money starting tomorrow today? A money tip. The best money tip I would say, and this is really has nothing to do with making it, but honestly saving it. You don't understand the amount of opportunity that I was able to give myself by actually saving. Oh, and that's another tip I would tell the young person. Stop wasting money on BS when you're younger, shoes, this and that. I wish every kid would just like, you know, it's hard because they're young and they're not thinking in those terms unless you teach them. But the best money tip I would give is to literally save properly. It wasn't until I had a nice cushion of savings that I was finally able to do everything I wanted. I was comfortable. I can literally breathe for a minute and be like, wow, if, if you know, if my house blows up, I, I could survive for a year or two, you know. So save your money at a younger age and invest it early. Stop waiting. You know, I waited. I didn't learn nothing about credit. I didn't learn anything about investing almost till the last seven years or so. And I'm still not doing the, the, you know, the right things when it comes to investing. So young people, save your money, put it aside, put it in a savings account, put it in a CD, save your money, build the interest and use it to invest and then invest more and then invest more and keep getting returns on, on your money. So you know, I know a lot of young people that, that are just not saving. Oh, there you go. What does that say? I collect a hundred saved to invest. You see that? Yes. So the, right. these things I gave away at the casino, I made these for my thing. And then the mission team inspired as always. I always believe yeah. uh, Clark, Clark, my coach, I missed seven K in a, a YouTube coach named Clark. Cool guy. He wants me to wear suits. I usually wear my brand and network, everything. Any, anywhere is all branded, jeffjcunningham.com. Um, nice. But yeah, save to invest. That's the biggest thing that I think we can teach in schools. We can teach it now. Uh, I invest in real estate. I don't mess around with Forex or anything like that. You got to stay focused. Yeah. Make money in that. Wanna, you, I'm going to get into real estate soon. I'm worried. That's another yeah, little thing. I'm help, let me know. I'm going to be putting out some real estate videos on YouTube channel. So uh, it's, it's good stuff, man. There's, there's so many different ways. But, uh, but it's, not, it's not rocket science. You can do whatever you focus on. Well, you know, you're an entrepreneur. All right. So what is the biggest investment? And I think we kind of know with the story. But the uh, biggest investment or purchase you have made with money besides – now, you don't own a house, do you? Uh, I'm re I, I live in a three bedroom, three bat, uh, three bat, two story house, but I'm renting, uh, I'm renting it right now. I'm actually, I just got everything in order to finally buy a place, but I think I'm going to buy an investment property, stay here and then keep, keep doing those and doing it overnight. That's what I'm working on. Yeah, that's you know, I don't want to, I don't want to downsize because I'm, my rent is not dramatically high from where I'm at. It should be way more, but I was kind of grandfathered in. But if I move here, I would have to downgrade to a smaller place and then just live there for five years. I'd rather just stay here and keep getting multiple investment properties and paying low rent here, you know, keep my overhead kind of low. You know? Yeah, no, no, that's that's smart way to do it, definitely. Um, well, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm redoing my investment property. I'm shacking up with my dad down the street to, because, you know, who knows, you know, my dad, I, I want to spend as many quality moments as I can with him and help him redo the house. Um, so, um, so what's the biggest investment you've made though so far i mean i think i kind of yeah. know, maybe it's not was it the <laughs> you know honestly i mean the 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 broad answer to that is the biggest investment has been in, in myself and, and what i mean by that is all the money i spend making these videos all the money i put put towards my album all the money you know like you know pulling off a, a, a social experiment or or the billboard for example you know um, you know, I must've spent thousands upon thousands of dollars making that album. Now, did it make me a ton of money? No, but it got me to the next level. It got me to the next step. It may have gotten me verified on Instagram, which got me more opportunities. So every time I put money into myself, it somehow, some way gets me more opportunities. Some of these speaking events, I'm not getting paid for some. I am some I'm not, but the ones I'm not, I'm, I'm putting up, you know, uh, 500 for the airline ticket hotel. Da -da -da. I may end up spending $1,200 just to go speak at a major event. You know what? That just got me a bigger opportunity after that but as as far as real tangible money i would say the billboard <laughs> yeah. i would say you know the, the most tangible money i spent on something was probably that billboard which got me you know maybe not a return on it i, I actually said this at the social x experiment they asked me what i did i get any paid stuff in the billboard and i said no i got a, I made up this term i don't know if i ever heard it before but i got an uh instead of an roi i got an roo i got a I got a return on my, I got a return on opportunity instead yeah. of investment. Like I didn't make money from it, but I got more opportunities from it. You know? Yeah, actually, I think that's you. I heard say that it's awesome. We'll make that uh, thing. So um, I got to coin that. Uh, yeah, that's dude. You got to trademark that there. Um, all right. I think there was one more question here. This thing, uh, education relationship. Oh, what are you looking forward to the most? So Brian breach, uh, we have Simon from Nexon calling me right now. Go ahead. I'm, uh, hang on, buddy. 
Um, go. What's, oh, you, what, should, you should answer and put them put them on a face. I'm going to go ahead. What's something you're looking forward to? Is he on? Yeah, he's on right here. Yo, Simon, what up? Listen, this is live. This is the the mastermind. This kid is the most um, selfless kid here. Giving back, giving uh, Brian a chance to speak at the LA Mastermind. Uh, when is that? October. My guy, bro. Yeah. yeah, so this is a great kid. Really smart kid here. We're recording on the Make More Money podcast. So what are you doing? <laughs> last question here. What's one thing Brian Breach is looking forward to? Uh, the, the biggest thing I'm looking forward to right now is this TV show I'm working on. I can't give you specifics about it, but I just took on a partner. And I have an idea for a show that I want to pitch to some networks in January. So I want to go hard at focusing on that, figure out how to shoot it, how to get the funds for it. And I, the show idea is so relevant to what's going on right now that I feel like it'll pop. So I, I really want to get that. Now, I'm, I want to host it. So I want to work on the show, write the show, figure out the concept and do all that stuff, figure out we're going to shoot it and then host it. So that, that's what I'm really excited about right now. Well, dude, awesome. If you need any help, let me know. Um, is there a, do you, what's the show about? Can you tell or that's, that's kind of your, that's I, I can't yet. I'm not yeah, really not supposed yet, right? to, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It has a lot to do with, uh, you know, um, a lot, of, a lot to do with going viral and, and things like that and what's going on with the world nowadays and social media and stuff like that. It's relevant to the time. Awesome, awesome. So we're, I'm actually going to, once we record this, because I want everybody to go to Netcom on October 11th. Netcom! To find out how to go viral. I'm, I mean, we're actually releasing videos every time. I'm going to have my video editors work on them. Every Tuesday, chance to go viral, best time with Instagram insights. So just like you're doing, I'm waiting back where you were trying to go viral right now, starting <laughs> awesome. to put out a, a hope to be viral video, you know? So we'll see how those go. Yeah. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. A man stood outside a Target in Florida handing out cash to strangers. Hi, my name is Brian Breach and today I'm going to be homeless. Brian Breach pretended to be homeless by holding up a cardboard sign that read, Just need a little help to feed my family through the holidays. But when people came up to offer help with food or money, he surprised them with a $100 bill. So I woke up this morning and I saw a Christmas video of someone giving back, which is important to do. So I wanted to do the same. What do you need for dinner? You have protein bars usually. Like yeah, that is so sweet. All right. Well, you know what? Oh, God bless you. You guys spend this. No. Yeah. Oh my God, sweetie. I'm going to cry. You came back and offered me food. <laughs> have $100 to spend on yourself. This man cried. For the longest time, Tell me. I thought to myself, I stopped giving people money and, right. and I said to myself you know what I don't care I'm doing really really well right right and 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 I'm gonna give this back and, and I'll be giving back to the community forever and ever and look ever at ever. you this is not staying in my pocket Brian says for every five people that passed him at least one person helped he was given nine bucks and in return gave away five hundred dollars of his own money you made my day 